When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, looky here. We're going to do it again. Another edition of Coach Speak. That's Corey. That's Ira. I'm Jeff. Ben's here, too. This will be fun. It was fun last week, guys. I think people liked it. We had a good time with this, right? Yeah. yeah. I got a lot of positive feedback at the uh, at the corner pocket and everything. Everybody I saw before the game against yeah. Southern Miss was very excited about it. And, and they haven't shut us down yet, so I think we're, yeah. we've still got another week in us. Oh, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Coaches are never not going to say stupid stuff and uh, and not be funny. And uh, I think today we've even added a player to the list. So if you're, if you're new to this, Ira and Corey and myself, we host a show called Seminole Headlines. It is like the Jeff Cameron show and Wake Up War Chant, wildly popular. Right. Uh, probably the most popular thing we do is Seminole Headlines. Could be, a, yeah. It is. It's a very popular show. Anyhow, we decided to put uh, put the forces together to do what we do on our own anyhow, which is like kind of make fun of stuff that we witness in the sports world and football in particular. And so now we're doing it on film. So there you go. We're camera. Yeah. And we, through the years, because we've been doing seminal headlines now for over a decade, we have people that are not even Florida state fans who tell us they listen to the show. So with this, again, we're kind of branching out talking about other schools. So if you have friends that uh, follow other schools, make sure to let them know about coach B. Yeah, perfect. I like it. Good introduction. There we go. All right, Ben. Let's who's who's first on the docket. Let's go. What do we got? I love this. Hey guys, we have our first repeat guest on Coach Speak, our mm. friend Jimbo, who had some explanations about his team's performance. Uh, okay. A big loss against Miami. So uh, let's see what he had to say. Let me find it here. Oh, by the way, we appreciate everyone's feedback. We had a couple people send us uh, some video suggestions nice. on okay, Twitter. Good, so good, good, good. Make sure good. you keep doing that. Uh, we'll go to Jimbo now, see what he has to say. And they clapped. Well, our, they simulated our snap count, and our guys heard the clap, and they snapped the ball. We had a play, I mean, a whole play we had to play, like a goal line play. And what happened, the ball got snapped early because they simulated the snap count and slap clapped their hands and snare snapped the ball. I don't know, maybe we had the wrong cleats. I don't know. I mean, the middle of the field did slip, but they you know they had the same guys we did. I know. I know. As Connor did a couple times, that he was getting ready to throw. His feet went out from under him, and that happened. What you'll happen a lot of times when you play at teams that have different logos. In other words, I say multiple teams play at a sport. They change that logo out. Well, when they do that, they change that grass has to be interchanged. So that's usually done on a very quick. Uh, and then plus their stadium, those stadiums that have that half. Don't get the sunlight to dry out, and you had to rain. And plus, and you'll wet that part to make that grass take, and it makes that slick. And then you'll paint on the emblem. And when you have to take stadiums, and in my history of it, they always do that. You'll have a lot of that, some of those issues occasionally in that situation, and that seemed to what happened. Okay, this is this is all time good. I want <laughs> Corey. I want you to start. Okay. And then I'm going to go to Ira, and I'll give you my thoughts on this. I think they're going to be similar, but it. Well, it, I don't it, miss it. Guys, you know, we covered him for a long time and he brought us a lot of fun. Uh, he brought us a lot of fun times. We got to go to cool places. They won championships. There were some great teams in there, but that it's not nonsense. It's the way he communicates is nonsensical. There are words that don't connect. He says the wrong words. He doesn't finish thoughts. And then his thought there is what that 
they had just changed out the Dolphins logo mm-hmm. for Miami. Uh, for the my the, the Dolphins didn't play at home last week, did they? No, no they were on the road. I think he's saying, but in general, that the field is a it's a weird way to do a field where you're changing from a pro to a college. In his defense, that's what he's saying is from a pro to college. But but you it would know be what? cool if he just said that at any if, time because it was a bunch of gobbledygook with just words that sort of connected. Well, and it would have been it would have been more fair if if Miami had to play on that same grass, but they oh. apparently did not. Well, no, that's true. They were on their practice. They would move the game to their practice field when Miami had the ball. The thing about Jimbo is like the thing that was funny about covering Jimbo was it was always it was more blame when things didn't go well, like execution mm. or. But mm. now we've gone to excuse making because the other team clapped their hands. That's why we false. It's like, dude, Buddy. they do that. Jeff, your kids played little league football, right? Do, they do. do kids simulate the snap count in little sure. league football? Yeah. I mean, what are we doing? Also. Okay. I know I know what crowd we're talking about when it comes to pro. Is it pro life now or is it still Joe Robbie? Whatever the name. Is. I don't, I don't think it's ever been pro life. Whatever the name. Is. <laughs> but <laughs> pro life, what a that would be great. That, that would be, be an unbelievable name for a state. <laughs> in, 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 yeah. Well, Sorry. I, I think I combined the two. Yeah, it was pro um, You sounded like Jimbo. But it, I, that play, I think he's talking about the fourth and one. But it wasn't a, it wasn't a two point. I mean, he said it was a two point play. It was a fourth and one play where they ended up having to kick a field goal. I imagine it was pretty loud in there for whatever that place can be. You're telling me your center heard clapping wow. when they're all screaming around you, like he heard clapping from the other side, probably 15 yards away. And from the other side of the field, he hears a clap. It's like it's got to be my quarterback. But it, it just could, snaps the even ball. Even if, even if it was. Yeah. That's part. So you of don't your, say it. You yeah. don't say it out loud. Correct. Not to your loss. Here's my point on this. First of all, Corey, you're correct to point out. I don't miss the non sequiturs. Yeah. I don't miss the random. Well, piecing. You didn't have to here. transcribe it. Yeah. I had to transcribe it, it and it was un- like yeoman's work. I had to read between the lines when I was interviewing him. I was like, I think I know where you're going with this, but uh, okay, yeah. So the he, by the way, this is what he does. It's a masterful technique, but it's also the technique of a child. Which is to say, you're asking me if I broke the vase. Well, what can happen with a vase, guys, is that this vase is sitting yeah. here, right? It's just sitting over here, and it's just this thing, and it's like it's not moving. You know, you don't think it's going to move or anything. Well, like and you'll that. see and this a lot in living rooms, yeah. where they have where where, where you where have windows, vase, where they have you vase. have windows, and some sun comes in, yeah. some sun comes in that doesn't normally come in. It can blind you. It can blind yeah. you. You might not see that vase. Then you turn, and the vase ain't going to move because the vase doesn't move. And so then what you do is you bump it with your butt, and then the vase falls, and now we got a broken vase, and everybody wants to know what happened with the vase. But what happened was the vase. Was I was blinded. So he what he does is he takes it and he goes into like it's the Supruder film, right? And he's breaking this down because he doesn't want to talk about the fact that they gave up 48 points, yeah. that they got blown out. It yeah. doesn't matter that they were slapping their ass cheeks to simulate the snap count. It doesn't matter that the sun doesn't hit the logo and that it was especially <laughs> you got beat by giving up 48 points, my man. But he's there, there, 20 minutes on there, that. Yeah, their linemen were better than your linemen. End their players story. were tougher than your players. End of story. We can move on. Move on to the next week, Jimbo. But Jimbo's going to be a weekly. It seems like Jimbo's yeah. going to be a weekly Get him occurrence. In there we can't week, keep ben. doing this. Get him in we there every week, buddy. We, we don't want to look spiteful. It's the Titanic. Hey, how about a little uh, Utah coach trash talk? I'm going out of order a little bit here, but uh, Delane Fitzgerald, he's the head coach at Southern Utah, 
Now, okay. Southern Utah, I don't know what their mascot is, so I'm not even going to pretend that I do. They're coming off a 24-21 loss to Arizona State, and then the most recent game was a 41-16 loss at Brigham Young. But Coach Fitzgerald, after the game, on his coach so said he's concerned for the Cougars in the Big 12 after they uh, handed him a 41-16 L. Oh. <laughs> that needs improvement. Yeah, we're, we're good up front, and we've told people that we're good up front for the whole last year. We like our front seven, mm-hmm. and, and they're good players. At BYU's ability to run the uh, inability to run the football on us on a Saturday is a combination between us being good and them not being where they're supposed to be. I worry about them a little bit in the Big 12 <laughs> with that offensive line. Um, but, but because of that, they started standing there throwing the football. We got outclassed in the secondary, had some guys that weren't ready to play on Saturday the way you need oh. to be ready to play in that atmosphere. Um, we were too soft in coverage, and then once they caught the football, we didn't tackle as well as we needed to tackle. Um, John, we're we're sitting here talking. We're zero and two right now. We know there's things to work on, and, and you're right. We've we paid some bills with those first two guarantee games, but still expected to play more consistent. As long as the young men will keep buying in and keep coming back and working hard, we'll continue to get better. Wow! wow. <laughs> have you ever have you ever heard of a coach? No. Saying that the other coach's team's not going to be after, especially if you just got drilled. What, what would be the point team? of that? <laughs> what would be the point of that? Like, there's got to be a – he had to have some some sort of rationale for saying that, but it's not to want the BYU job, clearly. Or maybe it is. Maybe it's like imagine – maybe he's telling the president and AD of BYU, like, look, I'd have you guys ready for the Big 12. Maybe. It's spiteful. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I mean, that is – like, he's, he's kind of sociopathic. I don't – well, it's almost like if he was, like, an independent analyst – like he's in a sports talk station. Like maybe he thinks he's he's just breaking it down. Like, I, like I'm gonna break down both teams. I'm gonna objectively say they're not gonna be very good in the Big yeah. Twelve. I mean, it's just a very weird. Uh, it's like I worry about time. who he is. Like he doesn't sound like a guy any of us would want to play for. That's not no. or anybody would want to play for. Period. Like his I, player, did, his player didn't seem to be even having a good no. time there no. in that weird coaches show setting. Uh, that, good luck, Southern Utah. Good luck. Tough time. I did like the uh, I like the Ron Burgundy cutout. Behind in the corner of the uh, in the corner of the room, and guys, as a sports talk show host for 25 years, I got to tell you, if I'm in that little room interviewing that guy after a Southern Utah game, I'm reconsidering. Yeah. I'm well, he might be young. Maybe the guy's like he's might, breaking in. <laughs> yeah, he's breaking in. I mean, I don't think that was his life goal to be the Southern hosting the Southern Utah coaches show. That's a toughie. That's a toughie. Next up, Ben. Hey, by the way, guys, that was just six minutes into the interview, so uh, it lasts for about fifty minutes. So uh, a, a long day in that tiny studio there. That's for a tough time, man. Tough. I do like talk. that my man is that accessible to the people, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's like, "Come on, I got you. I'll come in your little studio and sit down." Yeah, I had to interview Jared from Subway once, and I did. I was remember thinking to myself, "I don't know, what, guys. What's I, he up to these days?" Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's another show. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Jeff Halfley, Boston College, hapless, fearless leader. Uh, they lost to Northern Illinois in overtime in their first game of the season, and then they barely squeaked by FCS Holy Cross a week ago, 31-28. He's got Florida State and Louisville next, but he's confident about his Eagles. He feels pretty good about where they're going to go. All right. We will play better. And if we clean stuff up in these two games, and that's, I will get it right. We are a good football team. This is a damn good team. Mm. 
and we have a penalty here, a penalty there, we keep them in the game. Two weeks in a row, we've kept teams in the game. And it's not going to work like that. It's not. But we will clean that up, and we will win games. We're good up front. We have good skilled players, and we have a good defense. And it needs to show. So I'm thrilled we won. I'm proud of the team. But this is, that stuff is going to end. And, and hear me loud and clear. We are going to win games. And I cannot wait to get back to work. The weird convince himself, guys. It, it, it's, it seemed like my, uh, yeah, the old SNL sketch. Um, you know, I like me. But it's like the thing I don't get is like that's not how he's really sounded the last couple of weeks. Like it's almost like somebody said, hey, dude, can you ratchet it up a little bit? You're starting to sound like Dave Aranda. Uh, I think he knows he doesn't have long uh, at, at the current position. I think time's about up. Also, it sounds like you're lecturing your child after they've done something egregious uh, that you're not going to put up with any longer. But who's he talking to? Because there's nobody in that room. I mean, the Boston College media has three people there, and two of them work for the school. So is he? Ta- you think he's talking to the players, or he's talking to himself? I think uh, he's like. I think he's kind of taught like this is he. he I, I just remember it with Willie Taggart at Florida State, always saying, "I'm going to fix it. Right. We'll get better. I promise." It's like, well, you don't. No, no, you, no, you didn't. Uh, you can say that all you want. It's just words, and coaches do that so often. Yes, they 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 just project ahead. Like I am going to fix it. We will get this right, and more well, often than not, they're completely wrong. But what's weird though, like I said though, is I went I watched him because the Florida State's playing Boston College. I went and watched them his interviews like after that Northern Illinois game and 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 some other interviews during preseason, and he almost. I don't know. He seemed very resigned to me. Like this is, this isn't going to work out. And now all of a sudden it's, you know, he's going to scream from the mountaintop that we're going to figure this out. We're going to win games and I'm going to be excited when we, I don't know. It's almost like somebody, I think somebody sent him a message because it it's was also, almost like he went from zero to 10. It's also weird. You can't sit there and tell people you're a good team. You know, you're not you, a good team. you just you barely beat Holy Cross. They fumbled on the 30. <laughs> They're about to beat you. That does stop that. You're not a good team. Don't do that. Now that, that Coaches, just in general, stop doing that. We all watch you. We can see you just lost, and then you just barely beat Holy Cross. You're not a good team. Don't tell everybody you're a good team with a good front and a great defense. You're not. You're not any good at all. Don't do that. What is that what he should say? Look, no, guys, we're no. not any good at all. I mean, so, he could. He'd be honest at least. But He, he could talk often, realistically. Yeah, yeah, you can just talk realistically. You don't have to go down another entire path of nonsense. Yeah. Just, just, you know, answer the question and move it along. There's no need to go on a diatribe about how good you are. You're not. I think his thought is, if I'm going down, at least I, I, I'm going down, the ship's going down, I at least want to exude confidence as the ship slowly sinks Guys, into the ocean. Sinking. It's not sinking. We're going to yeah. fix the hole yeah. on starboard side. We're going to be a great all ship. Right. It's a great ship. We're sinking. I think yeah. we're sinking. No, we're not sinking. Yeah, yeah, it's Stop. a good ship. It's a great starboard side. <laughs> we had we had a little adversity Water's coming in right now, but that it's going to stop. I will fix it. I will fix it. You're fine. You're don't even get in the lifeboat. You're fine. <laughs> Stay here. Stay here with me. Listen to me prattle. Ben, fired up. Who do we got? Hey, I uh, brought up Dave Aranda, our friend. Uh, oh, he's boy. he's had some more blunt and brutal questions at his Baylor press conferences. Uh, they looked a little better. They almost beat Utah, but uh, that's not. That's not good enough for the reporters there at Baylor. Let's see what Dave had to say. 
talked about the Air Force game and some recruiting losses about how to keep this from spiraling. Mm -hmm. Now it's six consecutive losses. Mm -hmm. How do you keep tangibly the, the morale mm -hmm. with the team where it needs to be? Appreciate that. Yeah, I think from <laughs> the inside and in talking to the team, it's they can feel the um, the improvement. You know, I think going into the first game with Texas State, I mean, there wasn't very few people, I think, that saw that coming. And so I think that the, the inexperience and just the uh, nervousness and the anxiousness uh, got a hold of us and we couldn't get it shook for a half and it was too, too much and defensively could never really recover. And then you look at this last game, just to, to attack it the way we did is what I, w I would have wanted to expect in the first game. And so to be able to kind of to um, narrow the focus and to continue to up the quality of the work that we do, to have the energy and the edge, but the execution to be upped, and then to increase the speed and to play faster and to play more confident. I think those are things that they feel and they, they can sense that. And so it's a matter of trying to <laughs> Again, eliminate the distractions and stay right, stay focused on what's right ahead of us. Because I think they they feel some momentum, um, however slight. And I understand from the outside, I can I totally see it. But I think they they can see the improvement. Okay, so he's my favorite coach in America. <laughs> yeah. And I am going to ask that on Coach Speak, no matter what he says, we have to have him on every day. <laughs> There's nothing better than my man appreciating. Yeah, a reporter pointing out that they've lost six straight games. It would have been like uh, when Cor that. when Corey asked Norvell when they were zero and four. What are you telling recruits? And Norvell had been like, "I appreciate that, Corey. I appreciate yeah. that." Wait, no, yeah, but like he must have read that in a book somewhere, right? Or somebody told him yeah. like, "Hey, you're going to get some when you become a head coach. You're going to get these questions." A good leader appreciates. Negative critique and positive critique. So tell them you appreciate it, even if it's not even if it's not a question that you enjoy. I'm gonna I'm gonna deploy this method uh, with my wife when she asks me <laughs> things that piss me off. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, hon. Yeah, and then why I'll aren't you home yet? Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate. Where that. are you? I appreciate that. So, hey, fair if question. Texts, if she texts me and says, "Did you stop by the bar to get a beer while you're picking up our food?" I appreciate right, that. I, I appreciate that. You need to narrow your focus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, I'm bringing food home. Narrow I, your focus. Yeah, that's I, what you're doing. Don't for, don't think about all the peripheral yeah, stuff. I just like Dave Aranda to me. Like he's going to be an unbelievable like self help coach oh. or a yoga instructor or I don't a movie because he kind of is a stereotype of those people, <laughs> right? Like I don't even know that he could be an actual one because he's kind of playing like a com comedic bit. Is there any chance he talk? I mean, there's no way he talks to a team like that, is there? I hope. Well, it's not working. Uh, <laughs> Clearly, last six games it hasn't. I mean, he appreciates that point that you just made. Uh, I, I don't. That, I, uh, he no, he can't. Right? There's no way a football coach can lead a hundred people, a hundred young testosterone-filled men, with that voice and those mannerisms. There just can't be. It can't he, be. I feel bad that we're killing him because I think he's probably a nice guy. Well, and, he's, like, he's, yes. right? and he's been a very good coach, right? He's they've well, done good things. He's been a okay coach. He's been there. When he's been there. Games. I mean, they've done some things with him there, but that's he's just starting to go the wrong direction, though, Corey. But he appreciates you pointing that out. But it's he did. I don't know if that kind of personality can yeah. right the ship, get him back on track. Mm -mm. I don't know that there. I don't know, but I could be wrong. I could we'll be see. wrong. He can lead a meditation. Kinds. 
Well, he should do that. I'm sure they do. He can lead some meditation. I'll tell you that right now. Maybe they'll feel that positive momentum. But, I mean, you get bored. You start wanting to, like, when he starts talking, it's just droning on and on. It's it's fantastic. I want it every week on this show right here. Coach Speak, Dave Aranda. He should lead the way. Uh, right after Jimbo, actually. Right after Jimbo. It's gonna, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they're gonna be they're gonna be uh every every week. They're gonna be stalwarts on this show. It's beautiful. Ben, what do we got next? Yeah, big thanks to Dave. We couldn't make this show possible without Coach yeah. like him. Uh Mac Brown is next, and Mac Brown is tired of playing the App State Mountaineers. And he said as much after the North Carolina Tar Heels squeaked past App State again this year. All right. It's a great thing for the state of North Carolina to have, and I encourage NC State and East Carolina and, and all those people to schedule them and play them because it's a, it is a fun game. I'm, I'm proud for App State. Like I said, they've got to go. They got East Carolina at home next week and go to Wyoming. I mean, Sean Clark has a. We got a difficult schedule. He's got a real difficult schedule. So. Uh, but but uh, uh, one of the problems with those type games, we play Charlotte, we play NC Central next year, is that all of the pressure is on our kids. There's no pressure on App State because nobody thinks they're going to win a game. But all the pressure is on us. And unless we win, we're awful. Uh, and it, it just kills you uh, because it's a regional game. I got to give him credit. That's fine. You know what he did that he did so well there? was he presented his real message as a joke. Right. Yeah. But really was sending the message, look, hey, this makes no sense for us to play these teams. We need to stop playing these dudes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired of this nonsense. <laughs> and they, it was a home and home, right? Didn't yeah. they play App State at App State last year? Wasn't that one of the games of the year? It was when we were playing LSU up. Yeah, in, it was this uh, first. It was a season Florida. opener. And it was like a one-point game or something at App State, right? Well, it went to like – yeah, it was an incredible game. The kid from just a wide open kid in the end zone. I'm guessing that might have got scheduled before Mac came back to uh, North Carolina, and you know, and again, like that's what all these coaches. I mean, they all talk. They all want to say they're they want to support these FCS schools or the schools yeah. in their state that, but none of them want to play them. Jimbo never wanted to play USF or, or Jimbo is very unhappy about yeah. USF. When they played USF, yeah. and and I get it. I mean, I, that's their you know it makes sense from their standpoint. And you it's want that to- other school Super Bowl. Yeah, and if you want to go get a check, go get a check by playing Georgia. You know, you're not doing it at our expense. And then, but, but I do think Mac is awesome, man. The best thing about Mac Brown, and it won't probably won't ever make it in these shows because we're talking about the press conferences, really. But the way Mac just manhandles these other assistant, these other head coaches, midfield, Manny Diaz, he, I mean, he treated him like a seven year old a couple years ago. And then the other day with uh, Shane Beamer, he like grabbed him by the throat. Yeah, I, See, this is where old people overstep their bounds. They think well, they're old, they can just put their hands on you. I'm like, yeah, well, they, they grew getting? up in a different generation. Yeah, because their dads beat the hell out of them. They think, yeah, they and they were getting old. grabbed by the throat and like, grabbed by the arm all the time. I think I'm, Max, saying, I'm like, I'm a grown ass man. You get your hands off me, Mac. <laughs> Max got that old man strength. I think he, uh, I, I don't he could say he could have taken Manny and he could have taken Beamer. <laughs> I know Beamer's crazy. I think Beamer's got enough crazy in him that if that became a thing. Number one, what a great image that would be for your 38-year-old head coach to jump on the septuagenarian or whatever Mac Brown is and awesome. throw him to the ground. He's going to the next time he tries to grab somebody by the throat and gives him the listen to me son. <laughs> yes. Good Lord. All right, Ben, what do we got? 
Hey, guys, next up, Brett Bielema at Illinois. That's still weird to me to say. Okay. Uh, his team has given up 28 points in a two-point win against Toledo, and then they surrendered 34 in a loss to Kansas mm. uh, in their most recent game. So that led to a reporter asking an interesting question, uh, Bielema dismissing it and then answering it anyways. coordinator or from an operational standpoint, is that something that's on the table for change as well? I think that's probably the most ridiculous question you've ever asked me, but I'll, I'll answer it and be yeah, unequivocally no. He's defense coordinator. Um, I think the part that I've been able to do through 15 years as a head coach is you, you just understand there's going to be transition whenever these things happen. Um, my first year as a defense coordinator, we went from a defense that was ranked, uh, I believe, in the 80s to number one, and the next year uh, we dropped considerably just a lot of different change in personnel and people learn to attack your scheme and, and where it is. Um, Aaron and the defensive staff are, are a very intelligent crew. We've met a lot before last Friday and we'll be met a lot afterwards and, and we'll continue to grow and get better. Okay, well, I got to ask you two, you two specifically, if you're a reporter in that situation and you ask a question, Ira, I'll start with you. And the coach says, that's probably the most ridiculous <laughs> question you've ever asked me. What are you thinking? Well, here's the thing. I'm I'm pretty much in the coaches. I'm on his side in this thing. Look, if you've got a brand new defensive coordinator and you're two games in, yes. you're asking, are is is this guy still going to be your defensive coordinator? Are you still going to let him call plays? That seems a little excessive. I know college reporters are not as, you know, Polished. abrasive. Well, we're not as abrasive as pro. Like in NFL locker rooms, NFL press conferences are going to be yeah. much different because you're always in big cities. You're yeah. in Philly or Dallas or New York and the media, they're going after everybody every game. College media is not really like that because it's just different. You're in small towns. So there's you're a lot of reasons. Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. There are yeah. a lot of reasons, but two games in, and I know their defense was good last year. I know that because every week last season, Corey would say that Florida State needed to hire, needed to go and get an NIL deal for every player on Illinois' defense. Two, just so, two, two interior <laughs> linemen. That's all. So, That's all. so they were clearly they were good last year, and they're not good this year. But we're going after the DC two games in. So Corey, did he ask him? Are you going to talk to your defensive coordinator? No, I think he was asking. I think he's asked about making a yeah. change. Yeah, which is still yes. That guy, are you gonna still let that guy call plays? I, I would have liked it, honestly, if Belima had been like, look, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate that question. <laughs> Clearly, after two games, it would be a great message to my fans, my team, and my bosses if I just made a change. I just that would make me look like a real stable leader to just after two games be like, you know what? I uh, can't do this anymore. Uh, like Billy Martin back in the 80s with Yankees managers. Uh yeah, that's. I didn't realize the context of what was going on. I, I until you guys just talked about. It. That's a. I'm. I am blaming that more on the reporter. You can't. I get after like nine games. Like, are you thinking about in the off season making a change? Two games in, we're in the middle of September, and he's a first year yeah. coordinator. He was. Yeah, he was promoted. I just looked it up. He was promoted at the end of last season, so he was on the staff. Got promoted. So I think it's fair to wonder. Hey, is this guy ready to be defensive coordinator? But to ask that right away. But I love that Bielema, who I don't really know. I don't know if he's a good guy to deal with or not. But the fact that he said it's the most ridiculous question ever, and then still answered it, is yeah. amazing. Uh, like I don't, usually cool. they would just move on. I like that he 
First, wanted to acknowledge this is the most ridiculous question you've ever asked me. But then gave a real answer. Now I'm going to yeah. answer it, but yeah. that's ridiculous. Because I'm a pro- I'm a professional. Yeah, I'm a I'll professional. Sorry, ass question you just asked me, but, I, but I, I'll answer it. By the way, in a weird way, and I don't know if the reporter knows this, but by asking that question, you're actually taking a shot at Brett Bielema, because yeah. Brett Bielema is a defensive coach, and yeah. he is known as a defensive mind. So Brett Bielema is in control of this defense, not the well, coordinator. Right, and I guess I guess what he was, yeah. No, I guess what I guess what he was kind of asking is like, would you take it over from that guy <laughs> since you're a defense? But yeah, the whole thing's just kind of crazy. Yeah, but you know, it might be fun to monitor that relationship as the season goes on. Also, by the way, on Coach Speak, we can uplift coaches who say great things, and we can mm. tear them down for saying yeah. dumb things. Bielema yeah. gets a star this week. Good job, yes. Brett. Good job, Brett. All right, Ben, what do we got? Hey guys, some people were disappointed that we didn't have Dabo on last week's show, so we had to throw him in this week. We know he has a disdain for the transfer portal, and uh, he talked about that on his most recent coaches show. It's going to be criticism, especially when you have success, um, and you know, but which is good because people care. That's fine, but you know, you just you have to. I mean, we're not sitting here today. I'd have been long gone a long time ago if I ran this program the way everybody else wanted me to run it. Mm-hmm. I'd be, I wouldn't be sitting here. You know, at the end of the day, you have to have conviction in what you believe as a leader and understand some people are going to like you, some people are not going to like you, and some people are going to believe in what you want to do, and some people aren't. And that just comes with it. But at the end of the day, you've got to do things with the way you believe. And, uh, you know, we have a process that we believe in. And if I was somewhere else, my process would probably be different. But we have a established culture and listen as here's his head coach um let me tell you i've seen a lot of so-called you know hot coaches that are the greatest thing ever and hot teams that have a great moment a great year and then a couple years later they're long gone you never hear from them again and and we've just kept on keeping on around here hey headliners and elite headliners it's ira here and it's time to talk shopify As you remember, a couple years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. Kept on keeping on around here. He does know how to play to his audience. The thing about Dabo is, uh, I, I get it, and I'm uh, in, in some cases that's true. Like you can't just jump on every just because it works. Something works for one team in one minute. Right. Okay, 
but there's pretty overwhelming evidence at this point that the transfer portal helps. I mean, no, they're, I mean, look across the sport. Every, man, I mean, Alabama. You, Alabama does it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Georgia, know, has Georgia done, done it at all? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. They took Clemson's best cornerback a couple years ago when they won yes, the they national did. championship. They, they're one of their receivers this year's was uh, Missouri's best receiver. Correct. Uh, Dabo has a pattern that is fun to monitor. And that is whenever he receives criticism, the first thing he does to refute it is acknowledge how great he's been. So what he does to start every answer is we've, we've had some success around here. Well, he does it that way too. It's, it's humble. Yeah. It's, it's a humble brag. Yeah. But it's not humble because he's not. And that's why it's beautiful because it's disguised. He just thinks you're dumb. So he's going to start every answer with now, you know, I I don't know if you know, but we've had some success around here. And, you know, if I was just going to do whatever, because it's always that it's always that it's, I don't think it's because he thinks you're dumb. I think he doesn't like the, the prospect of Clemson fans being ungrateful, um, which they might seem to be, you know I mean? Like they, they aren't as good as they were clearly as they were five, four years ago. So he wants people to remember, man, I gave you all this. That's and that's the problem, man. And that's the problem. No, I got it. But that's what he's doing is I gave you all this. Uh, No, and and to your point, I mean, just talking to some of the media that cover Clemson closer than we do during the summer, there was a a sentiment from a lot of them that, and he's been hard to deal with. He's been coming more and more difficult to deal with because of that stuff. And there's a lot of people kind of waiting for things. And just like, look, man, when we covered Jimbo just towards, towards the end, there were a lot of people, you know, the knives were out waiting for things to go South. And once they did, everybody pounced. And I think well, that's probably going to happen. You kind of get it. I know this isn't a serious show. We're not, that we're not really supposed to talk Dabo about, uh, talk about Dabo so much, but you kind of get it in the sense that what he did worked for a decade. More than mm-hmm. it, he took a team, quite honestly, Clemson had been irrelevant for 30 years, at least 25 years, yeah. and took them to be Alabama either 1 or 1A, the best program in the United States right. for a decade. So you get how he loves the way he did it, and he wants to hold on to that because he knows that works. But the sport but the fundamentally landscape changed. Has changed. Yeah. The yeah. landscape has changed, and he hasn't changed with it. it and every time they lose, which will probably be more and more, you think, as, the, as this season goes on and next season too, it's going to be more and more contentious, I think, You also can't be incredulous that you're being asked questions about losses because you have set a new standard by which you're judged, and that's okay. You're not a victim of that. Stop doing that. And this guy's so deeply religious. Why doesn't he think about pride before the fall, right? I mean, what every time he answers one of these questions, he's indignant. That's what that is. He doesn't think that you should ask him about this program that he, as you pointed out, Corey, built into a monster. He he thinks it's beneath him to have so to answer. He, yeah, he has all the answers, so you shouldn't be able to ask any questions. Yeah, I would also say this. There's got to be better Dabo clips. Next week, if we're going to have an annual, a weekly Dabo segment, too. I don't think we are. Okay, I was going to say, because you know there's some stuff out there that he's saying that would oh, make well. us all laugh. You could, you could do it for days. I mean, just, yeah. just any well, yeah, hey, we, we got Monitor we him got closely, Ben. Yeah. Monitor him closely. Yeah. All right, what do yeah. we got next? Next up is a coach that I think you guys have had experience with before uh, with interesting analogies. He came out with another one uh, at Arizona State this past week. So, Kenny Dillingham, let's hear it. And boo. It has nothing to do with the quarterback. I mean, our, our this is a, a unit that we got to figure out. It's the best combination of, of a unit. I mean, 
What is that really expensive thing that people put on fries? I'm spacing on it. Uh, Yeah, truffle, right? My wife always talks about it, right? You know, truffle's elite, but you can't put truffle in everything. (laughs) So you've got to find a way to – you may have an elite guy at some place, but the truffle may not make it better because the recipe is different now because you don't have these other ingredients. So even though you have truffle there – you may not be able to use it if all the other ingredients are here. So, sorry for the weird comparison. We were just eating the other night, and that's what my wife talked about. You know that that's, those fries are expensive because it's truffle, right? But I think that's the best way to ex- explain offense and defense in football is everybody wants to treat it as it's one person or it's one this. No, it's a recipe of success, and one person may be so great at all these things, but – because you don't have these other things at your arsenal now, the hands. this person may not be as successful with this current recipe. And you've got to be able to adapt to what you have and then be as successful as possible with it. Um, what's going on in the Dillingham <laughs> family where his wife would have to point out to him that they're eating expensive fries? Like, what? So when you're having dinner the other night and your wife's like, do you understand how expensive these fries? What's going on? He wasn't He wasn't eating all those fries. And, he, hey, he only makes like $3 million a year or something. How did that come up? Can you imagine if your wife? If, if, if Kenny, I mean, like, look, man. Do you understand how expensive these fries are? I like Kenny. Kenny, for the people we who don't like know, Kenny. was, we all was like the Kenny. OC at yeah. Florida yeah. State uh, for, for a couple years under Norvell. I don't know that he's the most worldly guy. I don't. I think his fries, his history with fries is McDonald's or Wendy's. And they don't have truffle there. The truffle By the way, works. I would argue this. McDonald's fries are better than anything with truffle. Hey, truffle. So explain that to me, Kenny. That yeah, should have been part of the comparison with the you got McDonald's here and you got truffle here and you go back and forth with the truffle. Cool. I like that he also said after that nonsense for 30 seconds about truffle, he goes, and that's the best way to explain offenses. <laughs> it's like, nope, it isn't at all. You can do better. Take you two. got ingredients over here, but then you have this thing over here. And that's, yeah. you see what I'm saying? No, no, I don't. I don't the, see what you're saying at all. Yeah, he hit us with. And I, I like Kenny a lot too, and he he hit us back in the day with the the bamboo analogy, which was bam- awesome, which yeah. was great, and it was and like you know people there is that is a real like thing, like people oh, will talk gross. about that, yeah, that it you know you have to take tend it for years or whatever, and then all of a sudden, it, but it's just so funny the way he does it, and it's it seems, I don't know, you know, like coaches have to figure out a way to communicate, but I don't understand how putting truffle on a quarterback is going to make you any better or not better. It Not was, everything uh, has to be an analogy. Yeah, yeah. You could just, yeah. <laughs> also, Kenny, what's going on with you and your wife? That's just a weird dinner table conversation. I, I think she's more worldly. Number one, I bet they were out at a restaurant, and I think she's just yeah. a little more worldly. Do you know but how I, expensive these fries? I are? can tell you this. I don't. I think if he asked that question to the Florida State media, we'd still be sitting there wondering what he was talking about because I wouldn't have said truffle. That would have never come up. I'd have been like, oh, bacon. You had bacon to fries or cheese? Like, stuff you put on fries, cheese? <laughs> Melted cheese, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's Arizona, buddy. It's Arizona. They, they're yeah. a, little, a little classier out there. I guess. Ben, what do we got next? We've got one more good coaching analogy, and then we'll close out with a player. Nice. Uh, well, I say, I say good coaching analogy. I'll leave that up to you guys to decide. Mm. Cram, Associated Press. Um, you, yes, op- you opened this up with the numbers and the celebrities who've showed up and the alumni and all the great things that are happening. I mm-hmm. mean, Colorado is the center of the football universe right now. Do you take time to just soak it in and 
enjoy the moment a little bit? And no, not really. I don't have time to enjoy the moment. I don't, uh, <laughs> Santa don't have time. You know, he got to deliver the gifts. He ain't got time to enjoy his cookies. Okay, <laughs> that's all he gets. I ain't got time for that. I got to keep it going. I got to keep this machine going and uh, make sure we stay on the right path and make sure we're locked in and we're focused on the right things. Make sure we're practicing adequately, make sure we're giving it our all, making sure we're making the right adjustments and doing the playing the proper personnel. So it's a lot. It's, it's a lot driving this train. Oh, my God. Santa. Santa. What's cool I, about that is remember he had the Nike commercial where he was Sanders Claus. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So that's what I thought he was going to say is Sanders Claus doesn't have. He was going to harken back to thirty years ago when Dennis Leary was doing the Nike commercials. Uh, you could ask him if it's too bright in there. Uh, the next, well, look. Let's 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 ask him that next week. Is it Dion's too a vibe? Here? Dion's his own vibe. Mm. Uh, but I Come like on. that. That I guess that's an analogy. Santa, I mean, I feel like Santa kind of takes it easy for 364 days and then just busts his ass for one day while all the elves do all the work. But did he say Santa doesn't time to appreciate the gifts? Like, he the, he doesn't get the gifts. No. Like Santa, no, no, get, does get no the, nothing about the analogy. Makes he, well, he did mention the cookies. He mentioned he said, the cookies. Cookies He's said not, that Santa doesn't get time to really enjoy the cookies. I'll tell you what, though. My kids, they think Santa enjoyed the cookies because yeah. every time they left out cookies, yeah, no matter how many cookies they left out, those also, cookies got eaten. You can enjoy cookies on the run. Ooh. Yeah, you're flying. You got yeah. another house. You got you another, got another continent house. to go to. You're getting on the sleigh. Just put the cookies in your mouth and, and enjoy the cookies while you're flying in the next place. Throw yeah, some just, to Donder and Dander and Prancer or whoever. Donder, yeah. Donder was oh, the oh, best best oh, reindeer oh, besides on the cookie and we're all set. Oh, a truffle tr- cookies. Truffle cookie, buddy. You see me working? I, I, I just, again, like, I get it's a sound bite, but Santa only works one day. He's not busting his ass year round, so it and, doesn't fit the question. And it's supernatural, like it's crazy that he's got a sled with reindeers flying. It's but he, and he's also pilot. got free uh, elf labor. Right. He doesn't pay them anything but candy canes. And it, it, there's no nil deal. They're not doing a documentary following one of those elves, and so again, he can get to be a millionaire. And again, you can eat cookies on the run and enjoy them. Well, I've yeah. driven we, down the road eating cookies before and enjoy. Look, Dion will make a lot of good points. He's obviously doing something out there in Boulder because they're much better than they've been in a long time. But we got to have a better answer next time, man. I, Hey, guys, so while Deion Sanders was talking about Santa, his next opponent was being kind of a Scrooge. Let's see what Jay Norvell said on his coach's show last night. You guys are going to like this. He had to do a bunch of ESPN videos, and it was great. I loved it. And and uh, But our kids came out of those videos really with a chip on their shoulder. They're tired of all that stuff. They really are tired of it. And I sat down with ESPN today, and I don't care if they hear it in Boulder. I told them I took my hat off and I took my glasses off, and I said, when I talk to grown-ups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother taught me. So, you know, they're not going to like us no matter what we say or do. It doesn't matter, okay? So let's go up there and play. And so I, that's just how I feel about it. Yeah. And so I don't mean to take over the show, but it's your show. I'm just tired of <laughs> I mean, I'm tired of all that stuff. It's just, it's, it's, and I know everybody else is too. So um, let's go play. And, and, and um, we got a bunch of good kids. I told our team there's not a, there's not another group of kids I'd like to go to Boulder with. So, yeah, we're excited. Mm. <laughs> Here's all right. the problem. I mean, even, even 
if you think it, and a lot of people do. And I even made a joke about it just a moment ago. Like right. I, was, I was like, ask Dion if it's too bright in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, everybody sees him, the, the kind of the mockery and all that. But, my man, your team's terrible. Yeah. And you're just yeah. going to give him another reason to do more of the very thing that you're ripping. I do. I think he's right, though, on the one thing. He said they're going to hate us. They're not going to like us anyway because yeah. – that was the thing, like last week before the Nebraska game, Matt Rule had a press conference where he was just dripping with sweetness about he loved Dion, he loved their staff. He couldn't believe how they were so experienced and, and they're so talented and couldn't say enough things. And then after the game, I mean, Dion and his Shador, they just killed him and said that he trashed them and it was personal. I guess he said something months ago that they took as a slight towards nothing like this. Um, yeah. So I so I get where he's coming from, like. They're going to find a reason to to call it personal anyway. So maybe maybe give them a reason. Uh, no. Uh-uh. You know that's <laughs> not smart, Ira. You know that's not right. smart. Like, they could have snuck into Boulder, played the role of the underdog, and only lost by a couple touchdowns, maybe. But Dion is – number one, you made Dion a martyr, which nobody <laughs> that's wants. That's what I'm saying. You just made Dion a martyr, right. But also, like, holy moly, he's going to want to beat you by 50, and all his players who love him – are going to want to beat you by 50 because they, they don't care. None of Travis Hunter doesn't know Colorado state's nickname, but now, you know what I mean? He doesn't, nobody, none of those players care about Colorado state. Well, they do now. They do now dog. Like (laughs) awesome. You made a, you made 20 people in whatever bar you're in doing the Colorado state coach show laugh. And now you're about to get beat by 70 points. It is interesting. I I would love to know the psychology behind it because Look, man, Jay Norvell or Norval—I'm not sure how he pronounces it—but he, he—I mean, he was a receivers coach at Oklahoma. I think yeah, he's—he's yeah. I mean, played. He's been a big-time college football program, so it's not like this is—he's just some young hotshot coach. Um, so I, I'm sure it probably irritates him a little bit that you know that you know Dion's able to kind of get all of this attention. Um, but yeah, I don't know. He might be writing a check that is. Uh, Team can't cash. The thing I lament, I'm being selfish here. I just hate that what he's done is ensure that we're going to have to listen to Dion say a bunch of dumbass things after the game about that thing. That thing. When right. they win by 40, he's going to use it as a jumping off point about how they do things differently here. And I'm different. Prime's different. Oh, here we go. It's going to be about Prime again, over and over and over again. He just gave him another angle. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah the guy that when they, the guy when when uh, Dion's last game at Jackson State when they lost in the championship game. Um, the guy and the other the other coach did all this talking after the game. After like he, the game, after he yeah. had won, yeah. This this guy's a 26, 23 point underdog. So yeah, it's, they're not uh, going to win. Maybe maybe he figures they're going to get their ass beat anyhow. He's right. just putting it out there. It doesn't make a difference. I mean, we're going to get smoked anyhow. We don't have a team. There's always the chance that Dion might be like magnanimous and like over the above the fray, <laughs> just stay above the fray and not even comment on it. There's maybe. a chance, right? Maybe he's good. He's going to come into the press conference after the game with like four pairs of sunglasses and just okay. keep, keep t- take one and off, take oh, one another. Ira, Ira don't you give me ideas too. He's scouring <laughs> the internet for reasons to feel slighted. Don't do it. Yes, don't, he is. Don't, don't do it. And with that, I think we'll wrap.